Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Wait a second. Oh, God. I didn't push enough buttons. Well, you're still recording in Audacity, so you're good, right? And you can just cut it? Yeah. I'll cut that out, but I I never started Zencaster again. Uh, Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Just Riding Along in the year 2019. Take seven of Matt trying to start this episode. It's not take seven, for fucking Jesus' sakes. Um, We have a metric ton of donations that I want to run through first. Um, Oh, this show is brought to you by Small Town Vibes. I decided that because got some real small town vibes at the county clerk's office the other day so um scott dennis from ohio sent over 25 dollars michael headland sent over 25 dollars he was from minnesota mark vale five dollars canyon city he's right down the road from us come Damn. on now canyon city's small we got listeners there yeah wow uh jabbits abbots from Wisconsin, he sent over $25. Of course, that's me here in Salida saying that Canyon City is a small city. Yeah, and then uh, Roy Pruitt, he sent over 10 bucks. He's in Virginia. He says, Matt and Andrea, thanks for the long convo in the shop about my broken 429 SL and its replacement. I may look into repairing the frame, but for now, I'm a hardtail guy on my Superfly single speed, built up on gears or nah, until I get myself figured out, Roy from Virginia. Oh, yeah. My advice to him was to put a pike on it and see how fast you could break it. And then, oh, yeah. A pike and like some DHF, DHRs. Tom Shivlock from the United Kingdom. And his town is actually Kidderminster of Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> so is this whole, like, do the rivers run brown? And, like, do they just marinate steak and puddles in their town? Because it's like Worcestershire. I think that's where British people get their humor, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> uh, hi, really enjoy the show. It brings out the inner XC rider from inside of me. Sorry, that sounds a bit wrong. Yeah, like, do you have an XC rider, like, inside you? Uh, it's gotten me back into pedaling miles instead of trying to be a bro all the time. Keep up the honest outlook of working, riding, and spending money on bike. Let me know if I could ever be of any help to you. Cheers, Tom. Well, Tom, if I'm ever in Kidderminster or Worcestershire, um, I'll hit you up. I don't know if I'll ever be there. I don't even have a passport with my country ass. So, uh, you can come to Salida. There's lots of tourists here. Yeah. And then, let's see, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get going? The population of Canyon City is 16,539 as of 2017. Yeah, it squashes us. I know. Um, (laughs) We might even have, like, two listeners there. So, another thing that I want to get done off the top, May 11th, uh, Salida Mountain Trails is having a fundraiser here in Salida. And if you wanted to come, you could ride the trails... You could go yeah, to the fundraiser. Yeah, it snowing before then. You can ride the trails. You can go to the fundraiser party. You can become a member of SMT, and you can do a silent auction. There'll be a live auction of some really cool stuff, including probably a bunch of really cool stuff. I'll leave it at that. So if you want to come hang out then, that's cool. And then other Salida news that I'm involved with, May 19th, Absolute Bikes is going to have a demo day. So we'll have Rocky, Ibis, and Rocky Mountain, Ibis, and Pivot are all going to be there. And we'll do demos in the morning from like 9 to, I don't know, sometime early afternoon. We're going to go on a group ride. And then after the group ride, we're going to come back. We're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary party That's... at Absolute Bikes. Yeah. Um, okay. In other Salida news, it has been raining and snowing without stopping. So... I've ridden the gravel bike outside twice. I've ridden my mountain bike outside zero times, and I've ridden my dirt bike like twice. Um, and before you give me hell, the dirt bike has heated grips. So, uh, yeah, it's easier to ride in the cold. Um, and uh, in case you missed it, I'm not doing 18 hours of fruta. I'm just not interested. Uh, winter's been way too hard, way too hard to get the miles in, and everything at the shop's been pretty uh, taxing. And everything has been pretty, uh, I'm just not into it. So, uh, I don't know. I don't have to explain shit to anybody. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to, and I'm not, I'm an adult. So, uh, there you go. 
It's like Brian Shaw said, if you're not really, really dedicated, like if you're super dedicated. Anything's easy. You'll you'll find a way to do it. If you're not dedicated, you'll find an excuse to not do it. So, you know, I mean, if you figure out already that you're not dedicated to it, then just don't fucking do it. Like, don't. It's fine. Just don't. You're an adult. You don't have to. Exactly. Uh, what's up with Kenny? Uh, nothing new. It's been the same weather shit here. It's just been snowy slash rainy, cold, but not just like full on winter snow where you could actually maybe go out and do things. It's just like nasty. Think, yeah, it's just shitty. <laughs> Is it like slush snow, like thirty degrees? Yeah, snow? some some slush snow, but mostly like rain. Today yeah. it snowed a bunch. It didn't really stick to the roads or anything, but just makes stuff shitty. Um, I haven't been down south for maybe a couple weeks. Anything else new? Yeah, I mean, it's been like a little dicey down in uh, in St. George, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been dicey down there too, right? So, yeah, I've just been kind of scared off from that. Um, just been riding the trainer, hanging out. Wish I had more exciting stuff to talk about, but it'll be coming soon. Yeah. I mean, we've been, so here in Salido, like, we've had a few 50-degree days now. But, like, it went from 50 yesterday to literally, like, 16 degrees with 30-mile-an-hour winds and blowing snow. Wow. It hasn't really gotten super-duper cold here as of the past couple weeks. It's just been, like, 30 to 40 degrees. I don't think it's ever really gotten up to 50s, but... Yeah, eh. we've had a we've had a few 50-degree days, and I will say, like... So, like, this area is considered the banana belt, so it stays, like, a little warmer and drier. Is that near the banana hammock? Yeah, somewhere around there. Just above it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, so it's considered that, and, like, today we got, or overnight last night, we got, like, an inch of snow, which, it's not huge, but the rest of Colorado got just like destroyed by snow. Like there, there was so much snow that there was an avalanche on the interstate through Cal Colorado, like the I 70 corridor. There was an avalanche and it's just like, it's closed to the interstate. Like you can't drive through the center of Colorado on an interstate right now because of the avalanche. It's, it's really bad. And we just Dang. got like, I mean, it's cold and it's windy and it's a little miserable, but we definitely didn't get that much snow. So it's, it's like you can tell that the weather is changing, but it still really fucking sucks right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the forecast here. The next 10 days is pretty much just nasty mid-40s rain. The thing that sucks, I think it might affect some people for True Grit uh, that's coming up here in two. Is it this weekend? It's yeah, I guess, soon. I guess True Grit is this. It must be this weekend coming up. I don't yeah. know. I should probably look that up. But anyway, I think it's I think it's a little bit dicey, so that kind of sucks for them. I'll yeah. I'll be click clicky clacking away while we talk about other stuff. Well, speaking of St. George in that area, uh so most of our listeners know that I did uh, one of the Linda Wallenfels pre like the pre-made programs over I want to say over the winter, but it's still pretty fucking winter here. Um I did one of her base training programs, and I just, uh, well, pretty much starting tomorrow, I'm starting a personalized training program with her. Um, I will say that I've had a couple of coaches in the past, and it's not that they were bad um, by any means. They were both uh, good coaches, and I did well. Um, she is one of the most thorough people I've ever spoken to. Like, she wants to know almost everything like I downloaded like the heart rate variability app on my phone. I've downloaded like a sleep app though. I think the sleep app has given me like some like performance anxiety because I know that it's watching me while I'm sleeping. Um, yeah, like she wants to know all of the stuff outside of training that could affect your training and, wants like comments on every ride like it's really good she's really thorough and if you're on the fence about getting a coach and you're wondering who to go to i will say that this is someone that i 
I think I'm going to be very successful. And like, she, you know, she's good at kind of like picking out from like her athlete profile took me like two hours to fill out, um, which was tedious, but really good. Um, you know, she's, I think it's going to be really awesome. Like, so I've kind of like the past few years when I've been like coaching myself, I've just kind of reached like a, like a plateau that I haven't really been able to get out of because I, I get tired of coaching myself and I'm just kind of like, fuck it. And I just kind of do whatever. Um, and I think she's going to take me past that fuck it point pretty quickly. So I'm really excited. Um, if you're on the fence about coaching, like, I think this is, it's going to be really good. Like I, I feel good about this and I, she's, you know, like seems very concerned and very involved with, you know, my success. So I'm, I'm happy. Like I, I'm really stoked. Like I, I'm super excited for this year of racing and everything. That's the main thing I really wanted to talk about other than like work's been really hard. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it out there if anybody's on the fence about doing Utah. I definitely have a spot for you at Hangar 15 Bicycles, so let me know. You mean like moving there to work? Yeah. 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 You could move to Salida, too, if you don't want to move to a, a bigger town, if you want to live in a little city with like a really nice county clerk's office. Yeah. The <laughs> nicest, nicest county clerk's office. So Best county clerk's office in the country, I bet. I walked in the other day with the title to my new dirt bike, my insurance for my new dirt bike and the previous registration for my new dirt bike. And about six minutes later, I left the building with the fully titled, like the new title coming and registration for my dirt bike. And, well, uh, you need to specify that it's not a street legal dirt bike. It was at one point for those that are curious. My dirt bike has had all of the legal requirements for making it roadworthy. They just might not be on there right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways. So, the people in there are very nice. Yeah, I uh, I got my dirt bike plated, which is pretty cool. But I've got to I've got to make mine. Like I have to do all that. I have to go through that process and get like the brake light and the turn signal and the mirror and some kind of a horn, horn DOT tires. DOT tires. I've got to do all that stuff and get it inspected. <clears throat> And, uh, unfortunately that won't be through the clerk's office. I have to get it inspected through the state trooper's office, which I don't know if they're nice or not, but yeah. So yeah, Kenny's looking for people to work for him. Kenny, are you looking for mechanics? Uh, yes. Okay. I am also looking for one more mechanic, um, that could work, uh, Ideally, a seasonal job in Salida, uh, where you would get here basically now. Like, tomorrow would be good. If you could get here tomorrow, that would be great. And then um, fuck off out the door sometime around September. Um, you know, we pay is decent. It's, um, you know, for a temporary seasonal person, it's not going to be like, you know, career, stay here forever pay. Um, but I need your help because today was the first day that I didn't clock in for like the last two or three weeks because it's just Matt and I working as mechanics right now and we're busy. Well, I mean, we're not even like super busy, but we have too much work for just one person a day working. So, uh, we really need another person. We've got someone coming in sometime, um, in April who's going to work for at least the summer and that's great and all, but we need another person on top of that really to make it to where life doesn't suck. Uh, so, you know, if you're a mechanic and you want to move to a big town, go see Kenny. If you're a mechanic and you want to live in like rural Colorado, um, in a Valley around a bunch of mountains, then come and see me. Cause I'm the, I, I am your manager, bitch. And whatever Andrea will pay you, I will pay you an extra dollar an hour. Yeah, probably. That's probably very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just <clears throat> trying to be funny slash a dick. But well, uh, I may just make that $2 an hour. $2 an hour more, I will pay you. You could probably whatever, and, whatever Andrea offers you. 
You can just I, it's keep really going. like what what kind of like some people don't do well in Salida. Like some people don't do well with the small town thing. Like they just don't. Like they want a nightlife. Like the the bar here that's open at the latest closes at ten. You know, like they want like a nightlife and a big social scene and all this stuff. Like you don't have that here. Here you have mountains and cows and bikes, and that's it. Like that's what you've got here. If you like that stuff, come and work here. If you want like city, go work for Kenny. Probably more money in city. But yeah, we got yeah we got Mormons. We got the clubs. We got uh, <laughs> whatever you guys underwear. want. Three two beer. Special yeah. Mormon underwear. No, that the the three two beer thing went away. Uh, we have real beer now, or at least the, maybe that's on the docket. I'm not really sure, but I think it's going that way. You can so, buy real so- beer in grocery stores here now. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I think, you know, before we know it, um, like weed and prostitution will be legal here. <laughs> That's pretty much legal here. <laughs> uh, weed or prostitution or both? I mean, weed's definitely legal. Gotcha. This is the Wild West. Like they basically, you don't, you don't get in trouble for anything oh, here I unless tell- you're like really fucking it up. So don't you guys live in an old brothel? We live very close to one. So we live... I, th- I thought your house was used to be a brothel. It's possible. So it either was, based on its location and what I've read for the history of the area, this house, um, like the room we're sitting in now, which was the original just the house was one room, um, was either a very poor immigrant mining house, minor house, or a like independently contracting um, brothel, like... You know, like a basically a prostitute who um, gave some of her earnings to the whorehouse for sending people her way, but um, kind of like a a subcontractor for the the local whorehouse, like a working pimp. No, more like subcontract is the right way to put it. Like if you came to the house and were like, "Oh, I'm looking for like," well, okay, like remember we're back in the 1800s and political correctness may not have been like the early best. 1900s probably like 1906 was like the hot time for yep so prostitutes here you know we're like still super not pc so it's like nope none of my girls have sex with people your type you got to go see her and then like oh if you want to sleep with someone that looks like you you got to go see her so traditionally uh the whorehouses or brothels whatever you want to call them would have white women and then there would be that served white men. And then if you were not a white woman or not a white man, you would be served outside of the, the, the brothel. So it may be a white woman that chose to serve all people, or it may be a person of, you know, that matched you in terms of skin tone. Yeah. So this that is, was- that is some fantastic horror history. Thank you. Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. I think that's a very like smooth way to put that. Right. I mean, that's, that's really like, so this was either, like a one room house that a very like a an extremely poor like getting paid fractions of a cent miner lived in or like fractions of a cent per day uh miner lived in or it was a yeah like Matt was describing like that type of a prostitution one room house It's been added on to since then <laughs> <laughs> uh where, how did we get to whorehouses? I've... That's like, just where it goes. Uh, no, we were talking about prostitution. Weed is going to be legal soon. Oh, Don't yeah, you yeah, live yeah, in yeah, a whorehouse? Yeah, like prostitution was probably legal in this town for a lot longer than it was um, where Kenny lives. The last working brothel is less than a block from our house. Yeah. Actually, by it's, so, it's more than a block. By the terms of it's... Uh, Oveja Negra, like where the bikepacking bag company is, Oveja Negra was like the central location of the red light district in Salida. Yep. If you ever want a good read, read um, My Life as a Whore by Laura, about the life of Laura Evans um, in Salida. Like it's, it's an incredibly cool bunch of stories about the history of this area and about her, like she was the, the madam for the, the boom town ages of the uh, prostitution in Salida. 
All right. <laughs> so <laughs> you should read. Reading is good. Yeah. Even if it's about prostitutes. Um, with that, uh, something Andrea alluded to before we got going, um, rock shock suspension cleaner. If you're on the fence about buying it, (laughs) don't the cans are the worst cans ever made. We've broken the nozzle off of two cans, opening the cans carefully. So don't buy them. It's basically what is, what is rock shock suspension cleaner? And you're not talking about, it's not stanchion lube or something, is it? No, 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 it's like an aerosol cleaner. And it's basically, I think it's kind of like a speed degreaser that they've added some nice... Oh, is it um, to clean out like the inside of the force if you're doing wipers or something? Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And I I usually just use alcohol, but this is good. Like if you have one that's like kind of nasty, I use this stuff and it works really well. But literally taking the top off, so if you imagine like a spray paint can or any aerosol can has like the outer... Like round and it's made top. by it's made by SRAM or is it endorsed by SRAM? It has it, their name on it, yeah, so they don't technically make it. But this is like when Crank Brothers said, "Well, our supplier didn't put grease in our pedals. Like the people we bought shit from and put our label on didn't make good nozzles." Yeah, gotcha. so basically, like when you pop the outer top off, it will break the little stick that comes out of the can. And like the first can we had, we used a few times, and then it broke. And then, like, you could kind of take the old the nozzle and, like, put it back on the can and use it to spray and until it, like, stuck and all the stuff just sprayed out all at once. And then the... Like, Andrea abandoned it on the back porch of the shop. Yeah, I just, point. like, I was trying to use it and it just started spraying and wouldn't stop because it didn't have a real nozzle on it. And I just left it on the back porch until it was empty. And then the next bottle of it that we got, I opened it. And it broke off and immediately started spraying out. So I kind of dumped it into the fork I was trying to clean and then put it on the back porch and said, I'm never buying this shit again. And I called up SRAM and I said, hey, I know that you just put your name on this stuff, but it sucks and I'm not going to buy it again. And the guy I talked to was like, I can't do anything about that. And I'm like, well, just tell someone that it sucks. And he's like, uh, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have to stand up in your little cube farm right now, yeah, and just, I want to just yell that absolute's yeah. not going to buy any more suspension yeah. cleaner, guys. I got to take a break. <laughs> Andrea, Andrea doesn't like the aerosol shit. <laughs> okay, so just so I know there are people and then, like, there's a, hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold there's on. a no, 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 no. I'm first. There's a thing on the wall. And, like, they go over there and, like, you know the, like, Days Without a Dinosaur attack? It's, like, Days Without a JRA rent, and they just, like, wipe it down to zero, and they're like, good fucking job, guys! JRA's pissed off again! Woo fucking who? Probably, yeah. Because he sounded happy to hear me when I first got on the phone, and then when I told him what my problem was, he's like, get the fuck off of the line, please. Can you please just stop talking and hang up? Like, that was the vibe I got. But, yeah, like, I was like, look, I know it's not your problem. And he's like, yeah, you're right, it's not. He didn't actually say that, but in way more words he said that. Yeah, that was... I'm really disappointed because... So, I hate the smell of most, like, aerosol degreasers, but this one doesn't smell terrible. So I'm really, like, pissed off that I can't buy it anymore because it's just going to break. Like, I I feel like I'd need to, like, hacksaw the lid off of one and never put the lid back on if I wanted to actually use it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I do have a love-hate relationship with Fox right now. Uh, Before we... Like, I want to talk about suspension real quick before you talk about your love-hate relationship with Fox yet. Okay. We, like, talked a while back, and we're like, what was so awful? Like, I propose this, and everyone wants to slap the ever-loving shit out of me when I say it. But I'm like, what made 2012 suspension so bad? Was it the through-axle? Was it the way the suspension worked? Was it this? Was it this? Was it this? What was it? And everyone's like, oh, I did through-axles and, and all this shit. And that's fine. I get it. Through-axles are better. But, like, I built a, I rebuilt two forks today. You know, one of them was a 2012 Fox 32 110 Travel 29er Fort. Was it an open bath? No. Okay. Oh, that's right. You said you put gold in it. Yep. So 
I put the new seals in, do everything, and then like air it back up to 50 PSI, really small bike, really small rider. And like I push on it and I'm like, God, this feels terrible. What did I do wrong? And I'm like, well, we all know that those, I mean, we bitched about it for years. That generation Fox fork was terrible. I know, it was just awful. Like literally I pushed on it for a minute and I was like, Oh, Oh. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, what would make this fork feel like such garbage? And I literally just stopped and it was like leaned against my legs. And I was like staring into middle distance and I was like, Oh, it's from 2012. That's why it feels like ass. And I just like put it back in the bike and I'm like, here we go. I mean, it probably felt way better than what it did before you serviced it. Oh, so sure. But it didn't feel like a pike. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't feel like a new 36, you know? So, um, now what's Andrew's beef with rock? Oh, I know what Andrew's beef with Fox is. So. Oh, well, okay. So I'll, I'll start. I, I don't know, I can't do a positive sandwich like I like to do, where I say one thing nice and then I say what my problem is and then I say another thing that's nice. It's just going to be, ha- it's an open face sandwich. Um, so I had a customer, so I, I quit using, now that I'm the service manager, um, I'm not using Dirt Labs anymore. Oh, got them. Because the last shock that I sent off there for major damper service, first off, um, like Fox said, the parts to fix it were backordered, and that it was going to be—I I forgot how long, like four weeks or something. Like it was going to be a little while, but it was okay because it's winter and the customer has other bikes, and he was going to be out of town for like two of those weeks. So it was backordered, and I'm finally like—it's been eight weeks now instead of four weeks, and I'm, I call them, and I'm like, hey, what's up with this? And they're like, yeah, it's backordered. I'm like, yeah, you said that a long time ago, and now it's been eight weeks. And they're like, oh, well, let me check on it. And they come back, and they're like, uh, yeah, so Fox discontinued the parts that you need, and you just have to buy another shock. And Matt straightened it out with them, and they got some repair parts from Fox, and like, some worked some magic and got it fixed. But like no one there was like, Hey, this shock's been here like an extra month. Like, should we follow up on this? They just didn't do that. They just let it sit there. Like if I hadn't called the shock would have just been there forever. And then when it comes back, it's covered in fucking damper oil. So I don't know if they fucked up and it leaked out or if they were just sloppy. And luckily they were just sloppy because I put the the shock in. I don't have a I don't have a shock. And is this? I I guess I'm confused. I'm not following. Is this Dirt Labs that did this work? Yeah, this is Dirt Labs. So this is why this was like the last straw that made me say like fuck. I'm not sending anything else out to Dirt Labs. Was that first they let this shock sit there like an extra month, and just that like really like honestly, if I hadn't called, it would still be there from like the middle of December. Or first of December, like it was early December when I sent it sent to them. If I had and if I hadn't followed up with them, it would still be there, just like sitting on a shelf or some shit. They send it back to me, and it's covered in damper oil. I don't have a shock dyno, like that's their job. So I don't have a shock dyno. I have to put it in the bike and like put enough air in it that I can like test all the functions, and it seems okay. And you know, so I just cleaned it up. And sent it off, and the customer hasn't complained about it yet, so hopefully it's okay. But, like, how do you do that? Like, how are you a shock servicing company, and you send a shock back covered in oil? Like, the box was, like, oily. So, I was like, fuck it, I'm never sending anything to them again, because I'm the boss now, and I can make these decisions. So now we just send stuff to Fox. And this is where I will say that they've done a great job servicing what I have sent to them. Which has been like a couple of shocks and like one older fork that needed a full damper service. And I'm like, yeah, just do that. Um, one of the shocks was like an old specialized or out of an old specialized, like a triad. Was Yeah, was, the old triad. That triad will lock out like a motherfucker. <laughs> well, when they were reassembling it after service, it broke. Like, they were torquing it, and I believe, like, the the person that called me is like, hey, you know, we we use a torque wrench, like, this just happens. I'm like, yeah, I know, like, that shit just breaks sometimes. It's old. It's fine. It Sometimes it be that way. It, it do. just be like that sometimes. It's fine. 
And he's like, so we're going to send you a new shock for the price of the service on the old shock. And that's awesome. Like, that's really, really good. Like, that's great. The customer's happy. Like, everything's good. And I'm pretty sure that if that had been Dirt Labs, they would have been like, hey, your shock is broken. Um, You have to buy a new one. Like, so that's good. That's like the good part of my Fox story. The shitty part is that I had a seat post, a transfer seat post that didn't work out of the box. And because it had been in our shop for longer than 90 days, I have to do like the full RA with it. Like I have to send it back to them. They have to repair it and send it back to me. And when I first called and said this was my problem, like right out of the box, it's not working. The guy was like, yeah, if you, you know, I'll send you a label and we're going to send you a new one so you can go ahead and get it on the customer's bike while the other one is back, like, in transit and everything. Like, yeah, we'll just do that swap, like, new post for this old not working one. And then he was like, oh, wait, no, you guys bought this back in, I don't know, it was like August or something. It's longer than 90 days. We can't do that. And I basically emailed back and I said, can't and won't are two different things. And that's going to, that this is going to affect our purchasing choices in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. I yeah, mean, it's like, I, and I said, by this logic, all of the seat posts I have sitting on my shelf expire after 90 days and they won't work. He said, well, no, they'll be fine. I'm like, not if this one broke after 90 days like come on like that's that's stupid that's stupid with the t <laughs> so that's my open face sandwich of fox open face sandwich it's uh, not a positive sandwich like you, i didn't have another so positive here's slice of bread here's here. an interesting one um i think we talked about it on the show xtr is xtr 12 speed is very meh at best but uh, yeah, yeah. So sold a 2019 tarmac with the uh, Axis or however you say it, uh, wireless road shifting. The new, new, new. And yep, yeah, went out the door. Everything was working. Customer brought it back. They did a firmware update and bricked the bike. So that'll be fun. I'll report back to you guys on what the resolution is. I will keep it at that for now, but just the fact that that even happened at all, like that is really scary. Hopefully it's an easy ish fix, but that the front door is she, she dead. Yep. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yep. Wireless is awesome. Until when it's it not. is. Until you need to hook it up to some wires and figure out what the fuck is wrong with it. <laughs> That'd actually be really neat. I don't know why you'd really want to do it, but maybe for those people that are paranoid or whatever, it'd be cool if you could just, if they had a little wire port on there and it's like, hey, if you want to wire these bitches together, go for it. <laughs> that would actually be really cool. Maybe. I mean, you don't have to do it. You could. Yeah. Just try it just a little bit, just the tip. <laughs> um so any listener anything else going on or are we done talking about our shit? Listener questions? We got some questions. Let's do it. Uh Taylor I'm not even gonna try this last name. I'm gonna butcher it. Uh Taylor A. Hey y'all. Thanks for the great show. I've been listening for a couple of years now, and I've been inspired by Matt's training leading up to the 2018 Leadville to try to take on Leadville myself. You poor motherfucker. I've been training like mad for about four months, and it's paying off. Not only do I think I can compete, but I may be able to tr- to try to set a sub-nine-hour goal. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm going to try to qualify in April. I'm not sure I'll do the race in 2019 or 20. Either way, I don't know which bike to use. I have an evil the following. It's 130, 120. It's about 30 pounds. Could get it down Ooh. to 29 with some light tires, or the bike two is a gravel bike. Kinesis Tripster ATR V2 Titanium with a low fork, super wide and flared bars, suspension seat post. Uh, I'll hunt. I'll run Hunt 35 gravel carbon wheels with Fast Track 2 1 tires on it and Victoria Airliner insert super vent flats. 
I don't want to buy a dedicated XC bike. I'm training solely for Leadville in the qualifier, and I'll probably never do a, another endurance race after this. My trail bike is great for 95% of my normal mountain bike riding, and my gravel bike is great for 95% of my road, road riding. Oh. So oh, buying another it. bike doesn't make much sense to me. Is there a way to rent or temporarily get a good XC bike that would be better for Leadville than the bikes I have? I know what you should do. Go for it. Put the wheels and tires off of your gravel Non-boosted bike. bike into your boosted bike? Get one of those kits. Okay. Put the light wheels and tires in the full suspension bike and ride that. Otherwise, I'd say ride the gravel bike. I know Matt's not going to say that, but I'd say if you're going for fast and sub nine, like you, you should do that. A 30 pound anything at Leadville, I don't think is going to be super fun. Like you need dickhead sized tires for Leadville. Like if, if you're going to ride your suspension bike, which I think Matt, based on his face palm he's doing right now, is going to tell you to ride the suspension bike, put, put those 2.1 fast tracks on the suspension bike. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> real stressed out about all of this. <laughs> like, I stand by it. If I could go back in time and race Leadville on a Rocky Mountain Element or a Pivot 429 SL or Trek Top Fuel, I feel like it would have been the best bike. And no offense, but I think both of your bikes are pretty shitty for racing Leadville. <laughs> and because of that, I'm I'm just I can't say that one is better than the other because I think they're both equally bad. I agree with Kenny. I wouldn't want to race Leadville on a thirty pound bike, but I God damn, I wouldn't want thirty millimeters of travel either. Like I wouldn't No, I'm not I'm not saying that he should ride it on his cross bike at all. No, I'm like just saying that I don't want to be on a thirty pound mountain bike out and, there. And I guess what I'm saying is like if you if you had a spectrum of bad, both of your bikes are on like so hear me out. Sure, a downhill bike would be worse than the Evil, and like a new Madone, or let's say a 1999 Klein, whatever their fucking road bike was, would be worse than the gravel bike. But like, for bikes that finish Leadville, one of your bikes is on the really bad end, and one of your bikes is on the other bad end. <laughs> like, they're both like suboptimal. Um, and I talked to the guy from Trail Donkey for like 30 minutes the other day, and he was saying that like people call about racing Leadville on a Trail Donkey, like they want to buy one to race, and he's like, "No, don't do that. That's a terrible idea." <laughs> like he's like, "We did it because we were bored. You shouldn't do it because it's good, because it's not." So well, he has a loud fork, so there's that. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm laughing so much the dog is upset about it. I I can't add any more to this portion of his question. I do agree with Matt that both of those are equally bad, so you should combine the parts of those that are less bad and make one bike out of it. Put the Lau Fork on the full suspension bike. <laughs> I hope that my microphone is picking up the sound of the dog crying in the background to what I'm saying. And then the second part of his question is, how do I get acclimatized for acclimatized for high altitude? I'm from San Antonio, so is there something that is going to destroy me at Leadville? It is the altitude. Plan on getting there 10 to 14 days prior to the race and doing a few rides. Anything else I can do? And I know Andrea is going to give the science of this, but you should show up the day before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's... two weeks, you're going to feel like a sack of assholes. So I can tell why you does everybody? Why does everybody recommend this whole like two-week thing? That's the worst idea ever. Like, you either because are there the for like two months. Because the Carmichael training people get a cut. Like, so if you're doing a car, and I'm picking on Carmichael, I don't actually know that. But if you're doing a Joe Blow training plan, and you get 15, you save 5% on this rental. Well, they get a 5% kickback from that rental also. So, like, mm. like everyone is telling you to go to elevation, like, two weeks before. And I'll tell you what Ben told me, and I didn't believe him. And then, guess what? Ben's really fucking smart. 
You want to be awesome at Led at Leadville for 2020? Move to Leadville in 2019. Spend a year there, and you might be fit at that elevation. Every time I've ever done like high elevation stuff, and I showed up like the day of or day before, I always felt pretty good. Other than, you know, it's higher than you're used to. Uh, but anytime I'm at some place for like over a week, I start feeling like shit. Yeah. And that's that's what I hear from most other people as well. Well, that's what happens physiologically. Um, I can tell you this from a science standpoint and based on my experience, because I used to come to Colorado when I lived in Memphis. Um, the first day, you'll feel pretty normal. And the second day, you might feel a little shitty. And then after that, like basically the two weeks thing is just so you can get acclimated to feeling like shit. Like you, you get act like you, you basically, you learn how much water you have to drink to not feel like shit. You're still going to be slow as fuck. And that's my unscientific, um, call on it. Like, so what happens is when you first get to elevation, um, your body says, holy shit. And it's not a lack of for just to start out. Um, it's the lower air pressure that keeps the oxygen in the air from getting into your bloodstream. It's not that there's less oxygen in the air. It's that there is less air pressure that is driving that oxygen across the tissue in your lungs to get into your blood. Um, so your body's first response when you get to elevation is to say, Oh shit, there's not enough oxygen here. Um, we need the blood to be more concentrated. So it starts releasing hormones that cause your body to, dump a lot of water out of your blood. And once that happens, like once that initial release of hormones happens and the, your body tries to concentrate its blood, that's when you start feeling like shit. And that lasts for a long time. So it takes a long time. So your, your adaptation to elevation is your body producing more red blood cells so that you can carry that limited supply of oxygen. So you have more carrying capacity in your blood. Um, so for that to happen, it takes months. It really does. It takes two or three months for you to start to feel normal again. Like, so if you're doing, you know, as you should be doing like, you know, some threshold intervals, some VO two max intervals for you to feel like you can do those again, it's going to be two to three months at elevation before you feel like you can get, anywhere close to that intensity of exercise um, that you're doing in order to prepare to go there. Uh, now you'll definitely, you should do that stuff. Like that's going to be your best bet to get strong, to go to elevation is to do lots of high intensity stuff. Um, but yeah, like the two weeks thing, like you're basically, you're just getting used to like mentally getting used to the fact that you can't pedal much over your threshold for more than like 30 seconds or so. So if you do like, if you can do a five minute VO two max interval, you can imagine when you get to elevation, you can do that intensity that you did for five minutes. When you get to Leadville, you're going to do it for 30 seconds. And that two week adaptation period is just so you kind of like come to grips with that. It's not to make you better. Like maybe you'd go from like 30 seconds to 45 seconds, maybe a minute if you're lucky. Um, but you're not going to feel good after two weeks. Um, your best bet really is to just basically, if you could drop into the Leadville airport, like the night before the race and then race, like that's your best bet. I don't even know if there's an airport near Leadville, but there's one in Buena Vista. There's a Leadville airport. I know that the Air Force uses it, and they run training missions from Colorado Springs to Leadville and back. Oh, okay. Well, there so you go. So maybe you could fly into Leadville if you're real fancy. Yeah. Like, really, though, if you could get to Colorado Springs or Denver the night or the day before and drive to Leadville and get a good night's sleep and then race Leadville the next morning, that's your best bet. Physiologically speaking, maybe not mentally, but physiologically speaking, that's your best bet. Got him. Yep. I just took a big bite of Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> we have a pot of stew on the stove and you're eating a Pop-Tart. Correct. Okay. What's next? Next question? Well, I'm trying to chew still, guys. Jesus. 
What this is Steve C from Chicagoland. What up, JRA crew? Longtime listener, first time sender. And by the way, Steve, you fucking win. That's the best line opening line we've ever had. Long time listener, first time sender. That's really good. Okay. I have a bike selection question. I'm trying to decide between two specialized bikes, the Stump Dropper Expert 29 for five grand or the Pro 29 for 6,300. As far as I can tell, the only difference between the two models is suspension. Rock Shocks versus Fox. Is one brand more reliable or easier to service than the other? We'll just let Kenny answer this. Bottom line is the Fox Float DPX2 with the 36 factory fork. That's worth really the good. additional 1300 compared to the RockShock Deluxe RT3 and Pike RC fork. Your professional opinions would be greatly appreciated. I live and ride mostly in the Midwest and partake in lift service about one weekend per month. Additionally, I take a week-long mountain bike trip out west once a year. More detail on the bikes should you care to take a deeper dive. And then there's links. And thanks for all the laughs and technical insights. Steve from Chicagoland. So if Kenny wanted to launch into that. Um, sure. So my opinion is the Fox stuff is way superior. Um, I mean, the RockShox stuff is not bad. It's just that the Fox stuff is that much better and noticeably better. Like the, the amount of stiction from that rear shock, I have multiple customers that complain about it. It's just like unacceptably bad. Uh, the fork's pretty decent. Yeah. I like, still, I like that, that fork. That 36 is, is just better. Yeah. It's, it's just a better fork. It is. And really that rear good. shock is the Fox rear shock is so good. The one thing that's a bummer is on that, um, the expert level, uh, you want to take that dropper seat post and throw it immediately in the garbage. It is one of the worst pieces of bicycle equipment to be made in the past 20 years. Which one is it? It's the specialized brand one. Oh, okay. It's so bad. It, Yeah, I, I've probably warrantied slash dicked around with 20 of those. They're awful. Um, I mean, and it's more expensive, actually, than some of the other ones. It's really bizarre. Anyway... Throw it in the garbage immediately. It's terrible. Um, it'll get like stuck up at the top. It's got all these weird notches in the middle that are supposed to be like a feature, but it's not a feature. Anyway, just a nasty seat post. The X Fusion post that's half the price is three times as good. Uh, I just don't remember. I'm trying to look it up here, but you know, of course, I can't operate a specialized website. I'm clicking through it. Hold on. I'm on a trail bike and I get a random smattering of thumbnails of bikes that I'm not interested in at all. Uh, can I can I choose a, a fucking name? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Jesus, just God damn it! Oh, it gets <laughs> it a three. So we're getting angry. more. We're getting more and more jaded by the episode. It gets a 350 rear hub. Also, that's the big thing, and that's a big deal. And seat posts. Ah, oh, it's got the same. Unfortunately, the pros got the same garbage seat post, but. You're getting carbon hoops. No, you got carbon hoops on the other one. So you get a DT350 hub is really what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting Fox suspension, and I guess that's really what you're paying for. I'd still say that it's very much worth it. I would do the Pro, uh, but just get rid of the seat post. Everything else will be great on that bike. I, I mean, mean, you shouldn't if, really have to touch anything else. If you super have to save money, I would say get the less expensive one, but then upgrade the shock to the DPX two and sell the shock that comes on it to the, sure to like eBay or something like, you know, but right. But as a consumer, if he buys a shock and a rear hub and has his rear wheel release, he should have just gotten the nicer bike. Well, no, I, I mean the rear hub might work for a while. The rear hub is, it's all right. Yeah, but I like definitely it, think it'll hold it, a wheel in the bike for a hot minute. <laughs> for sure. That thousand bucks that buys you the hub and the better suspension is, totally worth it yeah. i guess it's less than a thousand but yeah i would definitely that's, i would just do the pro that's all i was saying was that 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 pike is a good enough fork that if you were just really concerned about the suspension on it like you could upgrade that shock and it wouldn't be quite the price difference but that if you upgraded everything then it would be way more than the price difference no, I would definitely agree with that. I think that's really solid advice. So maybe at that point, it might be something as vain as like, hey, which color do you like better? And then just uh, swap out that rear shock if you yeah. like the color on the Expert better. The DPX2 is amazing. I've been riding it's it a on good, the Mayhem. It's, it's a good it's shock. It's so good. Yeah, yep. I would just buy the nicer bike. 
I hate those uh, specialized hubs so much. They're pretty they're pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like anytime your product has something that I have to look for at the service check-in, like if it's a bond trigger paired spoke wheel from the early two thousands, I have to check and see if the rear rims cracked because they all crack. If oh, they're all cracked. If it's a Niner Jet 9, you have to look for seat tube cracks. If it's a specialized <laughs> rear hub, I grab the cassette and I try to move it towards the frame and then back towards the spokes, like knock it back and forth. And I'm like, oh, yep, the drive side end cap is falling off of this wheel. Even though it's somehow been tightened in the fucking rear end the whole time, the through axle didn't, the, the bolt together rear hub and the through axle couldn't keep this fucking hub tight somehow so isn't that fantastic yeah we see that on about every other one that comes in yeah like you have to check it you know like it's something you have to look for people are like my shifting's off and i'm like clunk 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 i'm like the derailleur's hitting a moving target homie let me tighten up your hub and see what we can do here you know like and usually it's like ripped paws off by that point Oh, it's so bad. and But half the customers are like, well, two other shops couldn't figure that out. And I'm like, well, don't go there again. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Come see me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there you go. Sounds like we all are in favor of the nicer bike, really. Um, and then Joseph's question is a little longer because I'm going to have to look into these bikes. And... I'm going to read it and then dig into the specs. So I want to keep this as short as possible. I'm looking at purchasing a new bike, YT Hefsi 29 base model and a nuke proof mega 29 comp model. Clearly the base models are my price point. So that's where I'm trying to stay. Your thoughts on the two bikes regarding geo and components would be great. If I could go up in price, I would love a transmission transition smuggler, but that's not happening. I got mad love for my local bike shop. So I'll go there for tunes, parts and other things. I don't hate when I go Direct to consumer for my bike, you just can't beat or compete with those prices. Also, I know how you guys feel about being overbiked, so no skin off my back. The YT Hesse base is the same geo as my last year, unless I went carbon, and that's when it escapes my price point. I ride a variety of terrain in Texas, mostly single track, hard pack with roots and rock type, rock garden type trails. Some trails have technical loops with tough climbing and descents. And it looks like if I go to this bike, uh, so I'll just tell you right away that YT, because we got a bunch of customers that bring those in, uh, that YT is a nice bike. I would be hard-pressed to not get the YT. Well, there you go. I mean, that solves it. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at the nuke proof. Like, honestly, I probably should just to be thorough. But that YT for the money, like we always, like the guys at the shop will kind of dork out over them. Because, I mean, what you get for the money, it's pretty wild. So they've done a really good job and they ride pretty nice and yeah, it's a lot of travel, but if that's what you're looking for, that's awesome. And, um, yeah, we saw, we had somebody that had that, uh, I don't know what model it was. I thought it was a, a Jeff C or Hef C or whatever you say, however you say that one, but it was the coil. Um, and it was that, uh, like clear anno aluminum, super nice looking bike. That sounds so, like a lot of bikes was. in Texas. Here we go. I mean, it's a 140-140 bike. It's a lot for Texas, but he said, I'm going to overbike myself, piss off. So, okay. You know what? Maybe it was a Capra. Um, is that a YT model? Hold on. It is, yeah. yeah. But here's oh, the okay. thing. So, yeah, somebody brought in a, a Capra in that, uh, in that like, aluminum deal. Yeah, this was pretty freaking sweet. I can't find the price on the Nuke Proof, but he sent them over. These are the bikes in his budget. And let's see. Um, I have to check one more piece of components back here. I would buy the YT every time. So Kenny has good things to say about him. One number two, the YT has Fox suspension and the Duke proof has rock shocks. The YT has, uh, DT Swiss wheels where the Nuke proof has Shimano hubs laced to non branded, like Nuke proof rims. And lastly, the YT runs guides where the nuke proof runs levels. So buy the trail bike with DT Swiss wheels with nicer suspension with real fucking four piston trail brakes instead of some stupid single piston XC brake on a trail bike. Yeah. That, if you're, yeah. Was he looking at the aluminum base? Yeah. If okay. you're buying a bike that has, I don't know, I'd say if it's not a cross country bike, get four piston brakes. 
That's it. Like and hard you, stop, just four piston brakes on on not a cross country bike, four piston brakes. And if you come back and tell me you don't need those brakes, I'm gonna tell you you don't need that much bike. And you've told me you need this much bike, so you need that much brake. Yeah. That's that's I mean, there's no ways around all that stuff. So Yeah, I mean for twenty three hundred dollars, it's yeah, I mean you can't you can't touch that. Oh, I mean you can. You can swipe your card and for twenty three hundred dollars later it shows up at your house and you can touch the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? I turned your joke <laughs> into a different joke. Yeah, that's good. Um Yeah, that's like a real big thing that I'm super angry about. Surprise, surprise, Matt's pissed off. Um I'm just so tired of bikes that have odd spec on them. Like like E13 parts? Like E13 parts. They're so bad. They shift so terribly. Or, you know, like a single piston brake on a huge travel bike. Or a bicycle that you get where the front tire's EXO and the rear tire's not EXO. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm looking through this spec one by one. And I don't see a single thing on the YT Jeffsy, the aluminum comp or whatever it is. The base one, the $2,300 bike. There's not a single part on here that is like silly or completely out of the spec of the rest of the bike. Um, it all seems like really, yeah. I mean, it seems all pretty legit. I mean, the wait, no, I'm wrong. No, no, I'm that they are guides. Um, <laughs> the SDG seat post, I don't know anything about it, but sorry, you're buying a $2,300 bike. You kind of go, yeah. I mean, the- don't get me wrong, right? Like, at some point, they're gonna have to put some cheaper parts on there. That's not really what I'm getting at. It's, it's that there's not, again, like you said, there's not single piston brakes or a 32 stanchion fork or something stupid. Well, what I was gonna say is that's the only thing I would be really nervous about. But everything else, if I knew it was an NX bike, like I could ride that bike. You know, I wouldn't. By the way, I touched, I touched one of those SDGC posts, and like that, that thing was smooth. I, it kind of blew my mind. That's good. And I don't know if it's going to last for shit, but like it actuated is super nice. That's the problem with dropper posts. Like most of the time, like they all work. I mean, except for that fox I pulled out, but most from for the most part they work right out of the box. Like every single one of them is okay, but then they get to be not okay. And my last little thing that I'm going to go with here is, in my opinion, the nuke proof. And I understand you're in your lane. You came to the conversation saying, "This is all the money I have. Help me spend it." But like. The nuke proof looks like a twenty three hundred dollar bike, like it's single color with like a black logo on it, and it's pretty boring paint. But like from across the parking lot, your YT, like that blue with the light grayish, like chalky whitish accents, and then the Rocker Link is the same color as the accents and stuff. That bike looks a lot better, in my opinion. I think it's just a a prettier bike. You know, the fifty foot rolling down the trail test, it doesn't look like you're like the what is that brand? Help me remember this. It's not Alien. That was some like weird like triparts. But in in other news, the uh, main picture on the comp aluminum has a gentleman with some face hair, some tattoos, and a open head, uh, open face, normal helmet with goggles. So he looks like he's having a pretty good time. And knee pads, of course. <laughs> is he roosting? No, nope. uh, there is no roost. There, you don't get roost until you get into the carbon model, I believe. Okay. Let's see. I think, <laughs> but he's definitely slapping through the bushes. You can tell that. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely. So that, once you're that on a carbon bike, gonna... then you've got the roost, but yeah, no roost until see. you're carbon. But no, I'm looking. Okay, so the carbon bike will get you. It actually upgrades you to kind of. Uh, oh man, what's that sunglass company that's getting popular? That's old. One hundred percent. Looks super. No, it looks super eighties. Uh, pit Viper. Damn it, Pit Viper. He looks like he has maybe some Pit Vipers on. I believe it's the same gentleman uh, riding this bike, but he has he has gotten rid of the goggles, which is interesting. I wonder if he's less concerned about parts flying off of that particular bike and hitting him <laughs> in the eyeballs. Safety. Uh, but he's going down. He's going down a slightly rockier descent, so that's a good sign. I'm going to go up to the next model. I'm completely judging these bikes on their title picture because that is what the website wants me to do. The marketing people thought no, the, long and hard the about CF this. The CF comp, he's wearing goggles still. 
no, but the hold on, at least on mine, maybe it cycles random things. My CF comp showed a picture of a guy without goggles, but the CF Pro. Oh, I just reloaded the CF comp, and it's a different photo. Oh no, my whole my whole theory is out the window. This is a bummer. Hold on, wait a minute. Oh, and it gave me the I haven't same seen one it. twice in a row. I have not seen any roost yet. Have you seen any roost on any of the bikes? Do we I'm have going to go to, to the, the Capra to get roost? I'm going to the Pro. Let me see if I can find roost. Hunting for roost. Mm. Oh, no roost. Oh, it's the same frame color, so they recycled one of those pictures. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. shit. All, definitely oh, shit. got some rocks. We've got some rocks going on. But the yeah, loading like the images are really cool. Like the little scrolling stuff. Nope, he's just super focused. No, those are Oakley's, dude. Those are Oakley goggle, uh, glasses. Well, they look a little like pit vipers. We're going to call them pit vipers. They were going for the pit viper thing. Oh yeah, okay, wow. Could you they can go Oakley's? down much steeper trail on <laughs> much steeper trails on the Capra. This guy is like really. Let's see. He's going down. I'm going super. straight CF Pro race. I'm going to see how gnar the Capra gets. Holy shit! That's straight down. He's at rampage. What the pork chop sandwiches? <laughs> You know what? But it's still. You might have to go to their DH bike to get roost. The I'm roost, going. Uh, I'm feature. going now. The last thing I'm going to look at is the play CF. See? No oh. shit! Jesus Christ! I found <laughs> roost. Where? It's uh, on one of the pictures for the. Uh, it's actually on the uh, the AL comp, and he is he is roosting. So hold on. Let's see what the play AF bike, the uh, play CF, the carbon fiber slope style bike. Oh my god, he's doing a tabletop. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty good. He's got it cranked <laughs> enough that one of his hands isn't fully on the bar. That's good. So you're you're on the play CF. I I am also going to the play CF to see to see what I think. Uh he's very sideways in the air. I can't tell what type of jump it is. I don't know if it's a ramp or a dirt jump. Oh, he's, he's definitely, definitely dirt jumping. Air. He's in the woods. There's dirt on his tires. Come on, Kenny. No, but look, but the, no, 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 but there's a there's a man made ramp in the background on this. But picture. he's landing on a, dirt nonetheless. Okay. All right. Oh, play Let's love. Let's go to the hardtail one. God, I kind of want one of those. I don't know why <laughs> called the love. Capra. Uh, I'm sorry. YT is getting us uh, amped up here. They are. Where's the picture? Oh, he's doing a tabletop also. Are you guys done yet? <laughs> no. Well, this should be a segment where we judge bike companies purely by their website, what the bikes are capable of doing, which one you should buy. This uh, one has gyro tabs. That's good. That's how you can do. We're bar gonna spins. call it. Uh, we're gonna call it Marketing Wank Wednesday. <laughs> but it's not Wednesday. Well, it's just the name of the segment. They don't have to know it's not recorded on Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Like. <laughs> oh. God. I I bought a pair of Oakley sunglasses. They haven't arrived at the shop yet, but I picked them out based solely on Matt's. Oh, can opinion. I can I explain how I said it? Well, like, so I just want to start out by saying that all, every single pair of Oakley sunglasses I've ever tried on, and we have a good stock in the shop, all of them look really bad on me. Like, terrible. Like, super bad. Like, they, the, I feel like the Oakley lens, like, their lens technology is the best. The shape of their glasses is the worst for my face. Andrea's face is very narrow. And inside of her narrow face, she has very close eyes. My eyes are very close to each other. Like, like I can't use some microscope. Like, I've worked in, I mean, I worked in, like, research environments, and I've worked in a vet's office, and there are literally some microscopes I cannot look into because my eyes are clo too close together. Go on. So, she's like, A, B, A, B. And I was like, well, you should get this pair because at least those look like they're supposed to look stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I basically I got a pair of sunglasses that looks bad in a way that it's like if you're fast, it's OK. And the other ones just looked bad, like dorky bad. So that's that's how I chose my Oakley sunglasses. I got flight jackets in white and black, like a white frame with a black earpiece. You know, it's pretty cool. The same arm tat gentleman is ripping every single one of these YTs. What's really bad I mean, that's is cost I'm, effective. I'm sure that it's someone that's really cool and we just don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> no, I'm not making I'm not making fun of him at all. He might be super famous. I don't know. He's just like he's 
he's doing all of the he like they brought all these bikes out and he rode every single one of them. Like They're it's like, actually pretty okay, cool. This time you're gonna bush slap with no roost, and this time you're yeah. gonna roost all the way. He's like, remember, you're you're on the Jeffsy. You need to look pretty rad, but not too rad. Don't don't <laughs> shrop it too hard. You can't can't over shrop this one. It makes people upset. Oh man, you know what makes people upset is Wahoo posted. I got a sponsored ad for Wahoo Fitness, and their picture for the ad is Sonia Looney riding her Scott mountain bike on the Wahoo and like indoors, like just killing it, you know. Which she does, like she's really good. And someone like wrote this comment about like pretty much saying like why would you ride a mountain bike like this on the trainer? This person probably sucks. Yeah, because Sonia and Looney is I guarantee you faster in, than you are. She lives in fucking Canada, first off. So yeah, the weather there, like as much as we bitch about it here, it's like fifty times worse there because they're further north, obviously. So I just replied back like Dude, she would rip you five new assholes on your home trails without looking at a map first. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She would probably ride off the front on her mountain bike on your road group ride. Probably, yeah. She's hard as a motherfucker. Is that it? Man, I think so. I want to go eat. Okay. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Just Riding Along. And thanks for sticking along while we click through the YT site for half an hour. Um, I hope we have answered the question for Joseph. Um, and I hope he enjoys his new YT because it's the best option by a long margin. So enjoy your new YT. Tell him we sent you. Tell him that I really want one of those Play AF, whatever it's called, hardtails. We, we want the model from the website to visit the shop so we can make fun of him in person. Yeah, I wanted to make fun. Of, I wanted to come by, <laughs> and then I want him to like roost me on my local trails without looking at the map. <laughs> I want to get like dominated. So, um, thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time, I don't know. Like, be careful. Don't get caught in an avalanche. Be nice to other people. All the normal stuff. Thanks for listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Until next time, take care.